Live streaming provided by Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Video. Visit tunein.alphageekradio.com to learn more. Finally, Friday is being brought to you by Major Spoilers VIPs from around the world. Head over to members.majorspoilers.com. Sign up today, get a lot of cool bonus content and a lot of extra rewards, and keep this show going. Well, hello, everyone. It's good to be back. I don't know how many of you have kids, but uh, this is the time of year when they're all getting out of school. Maybe your kids are already out of school. Uh, Ours got out last week, so not only did I have uh, kids getting out early from school with no after-school care, but also had parent-teacher conferences, so uh, that's uh, kind of a good thing, I think, with my kids right now. They're, they haven't gotten into the trouble territory, but I think they're at least one of them. It's going to be interesting next year as he enters kindergarten. Uh, it's good to be here again. Like I said, we'll get to your phone calls here in just a minute. We've got uh, Matthew Goins is there in the chat over on the YouTube channel. And hello to everyone on Alpha Geek Video. I don't know what's going on with Alpha Geek Radio. It's not connecting. Todd, if you're listening, uh, if you can look into that, I'm connecting to channel one with with my butt. Uh, But before we get into your phone calls, let's first get a start of the news or a look at the news from this week. You've probably already heard by now, Supergirl is moving to the CW and it's keeping its Monday night slot when it moves to the CW this fall. During the CW upfronts on Thursday, the network announced that Supergirl will will lead the week of comic book-based shows. In a statement made during the event, they said, quote, we are thrilled to have Supergirl on the CW this fall, joining our popular roster of DC superheroes. Plus, we have three new series lined up for the next season that perfectly fit our brand with the smart, charming comedy No Tomorrow and the high-stakes drama Frequency this fall and the subversive take on small-town life in Riverdale at mid-season. With these four new series added added to the strongest, most competitive schedule we've had, the CW just keeps getting better, unquote. As it stands right now, Supergirl will air on Monday, Flash on Tuesday, Arrow follows on Wednesday, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow lands on Thursday. iZombie and the upcoming Riverdale series based on the Archie Comics characters will arrive mid-season. If you follow Kevin Smith on Instagram, you may have noticed he was sporting a Bonsai Institute hockey jersey a couple of weeks ago. At first, everyone thought it was just a nice tribute to the cult classic, but it turns out Smith was giving us a hint of things to come. During the May 13th Hollywood Babylon podcast, Kevin Smith discussed a meeting he had with MGM following the success of his Flash directing experience. Apparently, the studio, MGM, is wanting to know if Smith had any ideas on how to turn the movie into a TV show. Smith said, quote, basically, you just have to take the entire movie for season one. Then season two, you finally do the sequel we've all been dr- uh, dreaming of, Buckaroo Banzai against the World Qu- Crime League, unquote. Uh, from Smith's explanation, it looks like MGM wants to do a Fargo-esque take on the property, which is essentially take your first season, make it as close to the movie as possible, but add and change things as needed for a full season run. Way back in 2012, remember that? It wasn't too long ago. As part of the New 52, DC Entertainment changed up its logo to the Peeling DC, and now that Rebirth is upon us, the publisher has changed again. Uh, the DC Entertainment Senior Vice President of Marketing and Global Finance Management said, quote, while comics continue to be the heat, I'm sorry, while comics continue to be the heart and soul of DC, 
The brand has evolved to now stand for powerful storytelling across many different forms of media. DC is home to the greatest superheroes and supervillains, and the new logo has the character and strength to stand proudly along DC's iconic symbols, unquote. The new logo will find its way across all of the company's assets, and uh, in fact, all their social medias have already changed over this. But starting next week, you will be able to see the new logo on the cover of the DC Universe Presents Rebirth number one. And it's interesting that we should bring up DC's Rebirth because even though it made more money than any of us will ever see in our lifetime, the lackluster performance of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice was enough for Warner Brothers to reorganize and put Jeff Johns and John Berg in charge of DC Films. Why Jeff Johns? Well, he is credited for the huge success of the DC properties on the television side, and of course with the big rebirth event kicking off on May 25th, the chief creative officer at DC Comics seems like the best choice for the DC film side. This announcement comes on the heels that Ben Affleck has taken on an executive producer role for Justice League Part 1 and is directing the upcoming standalone Batman movie. The move is part of an evolution of the executive structure at Warner Brothers, is according to reports, which is attempting to rev up its output of movies based on DC characters including Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and The Flash. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Warner Brothers is streamlining the entire studio side, including placing Courtney Valente, who will oversee all Lego movies and projects as well as the Harry Potter line. Now, Jeff Johns is going to keep the title of Chief Creative Officer at DC Comics. Uh, it was a move when he initially moved into that position. He was limited to only writing two series for the publisher, but now his new role at DC Films means that he will not be writing anything at all. From what I'm hearing, Johns' rebirth will be the last comic book writing gig for quite a while. And I think that wraps it up for our news this week. A lot of talk, a lot of things to talk about. Um, I can we can even talk about Riverdale here in a little bit. If you have any questions about what's going on at Riverdale, I can share what I know, which isn't a whole lot. Uh, but if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, ideas, love to hear you this week. This is how Finally Friday works, and it works best when you call in, and you can reach me at seven eight five seven two seven one nine three nine, or you can look me up on Skype at Stephen underscore Schleicher. What is going on with everybody this week? We've got some more people in the uh, weekend, uh, or in the uh, chat room, sorry, as we move into the weekend. Matthew says, two weeks until school's out here in Wisconsin. I haven't watched an episode of Supergirl on CBS. Do you think they're going to continue the storyline from season one on CBS? Uh, that's unknown at this point. I don't see why not. Um, CB, and, and, of course, it's all going to be dependent upon who's going to continue to be at the show and who's going to leave the show, if, if that's even a deal. Uh, we know that the production is going to move to Vancouver. We know that they're cutting costs uh, left and right. The move to Canada, if that's exactly what they're doing, um, could mean that some of the actors or actresses may decide not to come back to the show. So there may be a little bit of restructuring. My guess is that Supergirl will continue to reside in her own universe. I don't think that she will become part of the main Arrowverse, as it's called on the CW, uh, for the main reason of in the um, Supergirl universe, uh, the, the CBS version of it, at least Superman is around. And I don't think that Flash and Arrow want to start dealing with um, Superman, Supergirl, and those kind of characters when they've specifically said during the Supergirl-Flash crossover that those people do not exist. Those kind of superhumans do not exist in uh, Flash's world. In fact, they've never even made alien contact with anyone in Flash's world. So I think it's going to be a, a separate universe. And considering that it's 
Greg Berlanti Productions that is continuing to produce Supergirl. I see no reason why they would suddenly try to do any kind of reboot or make major readjustments. We know Melissa Benoist is returning as Supergirl. So I think we're going to kind of pick up where we were uh, last season. There may be a a few adjustments, uh, course corrections on the way, but I don't think it's going to be a, um, a huge big deal. So 785-727-1939, that's the number that you need to call if you want to be a part of this week's Finally Friday. I would hope you do. Um, so yeah, uh, let's go over here to, what have we got? Oh, we've got an email from somebody here. I noticed, uh, hi, Major Spoilers crew, I noticed you started uh, started playing Stop Talking About Comic Books by Ookla the Mock at the end of the Major Spoilers podcast again. I started listening after you stopped using the outro, but I happened to go back to one of your very early podcasts and found out that you were using it in the early beginning. I was super curious about this song, and it led me down a wonderful rabbit hole, finding um, finding all about the band. Their music is great and right up my alley. I have no idea why I had never run across them before. I recently heard you mention on the morning stream that Rand is now writing for the major spoilers. Uh, very cool to hear. I'll definitely be watching for stuff coming from him on the site very soon. That has been from Virginia, and yes, indeed, uh, Rand from Ookla the Mock is writing for us. And his most recent article that went up last Friday, let me see if I can find it really quick, is, um, is it's a column, it's called Cromulent Words. And the title of his most recent piece is What Civil War Tie-In Comics Do You Need to Read? If you did dive into the comic book uh, series Civil War as kind of um, a lead into this movie, Rant goes through and, and runs down some of the uh, main tie-in comics that are worth your time. Uh, everything else, according to him, totally not worth your time. So there you go. Uh, people are starting to um, people are starting to filter into the chat room. Matthew says he's busy entertaining kids and he can't call in. That's fine. But I know the rest of you want to. So 785-727-1939. Um, Matthew says, no joke. Uh, the, uh, the stop talking about comic books. Sounds like a Stephen and Matthew duet. <laughs> I don't know about that because I can't sing, but uh, it's definitely a fun song and definitely kind of kind of um, summarizes the joy and fun about being geeky and nerdy on the Major Spoilers podcast and here on Finally Friday with all of you. So uh, I'm glad that we were able to get that back, and it, I'm glad that Ookla the Mock, which originally, you know, we stopped using it because I could never get a hold of the band, uh, now their social media presence and everything is such that they respond right away. And Rand, uh, I reached out to them to say, hey, I'd really like to start using your music again. And Rand uh, contacted me back and we started a dialogue and um, now he's writing for us. So very cool. I like it a lot. Of course, though, that is not to say that we will never go back to the uh, to the James um, uh, song that we had, the Major Spoilers. Uh, oh, what a Major Spoilers song. And I would love if anyone's out there who is musically inclined and, and thinks that they have the ultimate Major Spoilers theme song that we could use in our podcast, by all means, send it our way and I'll listen to it and consider it and uh, go from there. 785-727-1939, that is the number that you need to call this week. No Ashley this week. She is out. Uh, she is going on a weekend trip uh, just to get out of town after a very busy couple of weeks. Uh, next week, though, we're going to have Dr. Brad Will on the show, and we will be talking about uh, The King in Yellow. So if you have not read that that book, uh, might drive you crazy and a little mad, um, we will be talking about The King in Yellow as well as He Who Shall Not Be Named. And no, I'm not talking about who you think I'm talking about, but someone quite different. A little bit of breaking news uh, coming in just before showtime. 
This is coming from Variety. It says that uh, Jeff uh, Goldblum and Carl Urban have rounded out the cast for Marvel's Thor Ragnarok. They, uh, they joined previously announced new cast members Kate Blanchett and Tessa Thompson, along with returning Chris Hemsworth and Tom, Tom Hiddleston. In an all-new installment, Mark Ruffalo is also on board to reprise his role as the Incredible Hulk. Marvel confirmed that Blanchett will play the villain Hela, Thompson will play a new hero, Valkyrie, and Goldblum will play eccentric Grandmaster, and Urban will play Scourge. Uh, so it sounds like they're all set up for... Uh, Thor Ragnarok coming soon. When is that movie set to come out? Uh, ba, 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 ba. Doesn't say what the date is, and I don't have it handy in front of me. Uh, nope, doesn't say here in this article, which is odd because normally Variety and those types will uh, will put it out there. Of course, Goldblum is going to be uh, next appearing in Independence Day Resurgence, while Carl Urban, who would I think really like to reprise his role, isn't is wasn't he Judge Dredd? Um, I, uh, he will next be seen in Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some good acting that's going on for uh, Thor Ragnarok, and if it is the last in the series, which I don't know, the, if you've read the Ragnarok series, we may have to get to that on on the major spoilers uh, trade paperback. That could be a very interesting story as everything comes to an end for uh, Midgard and uh, Asgard and all of the uh, all of the characters in the Thor universe. Hi, Jarmo. How are you? Hi, Steven. What's up? Not a whole lot this week. It's kind of a quiet week for me. Thank goodness. A little bit busy. I had my son at home for two days this week, so you kind of have to keep kids entertained as best you can. So I made him do chores, which, of course, didn't make me a, a great father for the first couple of days. But now he's into summer school and he's a little bit happier. So what about you? What is going on? Well, I've been... Uh quite a bit stressed lately because oh, no. there's there's a, a huge pipe repair thing going in my apartment complex right now and oh and i remember it, you telling me about that yeah and it it's going all right but it's still still it's it's a, quite a bit of trouble don't don't you have like no running water or something uh, occasionally yes and occasionally no electricity at, at all but but it's it's only during weekdays and pretty much like eight eight a.m. to four oh, p.m. Sure, or sure. so, or so. Then it's it's kind kind of tolerable, but but still, it's it's not not really that great. And at the same time, I've also been thinking about moving house, and mm-hmm. and there's there's also kind of kind of many things things on my mind yeah regarding that that thing it's it's not a huge deal so that kind of that i would be moving that far but but it's still my it's still a lot, lot of thing about oh yeah it's anytime you move is always a it seems like it's a huge stressor uh hopefully you're yeah. not, hopefully you are not pushed into moving like i did uh, i was living in california and I got a call. It was the first of right around the first of August, and um, the the chair at uh, the department at the university here in Kansas was like, "Hey, we're doing this search. Would you like to apply for it?" And I was like, uh, "Okay." So I applied for it. Um, like three days later, they uh, did a phone interview with me, and then they were like, "Well, there's not enough time to bring you in for an on-campus interview and tour." Um, but we'd like to offer you the job. Can you be here in 
like two weeks, essentially, is what it was. And so within basically a week and a half, I had to, and because I didn't have time to fly out to, to here to look for apartments or housing or anything like that, I was making frantic phone calls to like every, um, every rental agency in town until I found something that might work. I had my new boss go and check out the house to make sure it was okay and not some slum lord's paradise. And um, then within the next really 72 hours, I had to pack up my entire apartment, load it up into a, a moving truck, and then spend two days driving to to Kansas so I could be here on time for my contract to start now. Granted, I hadn't had any signed contracts or anything like that. So I'm rolling up on a Saturday morning, hoping to get keys from the landlord and hoping that the apartment was ready. So I'm hoping that you don't have those kind of stressors if you decide to move to a new location. Fortunately, not not quite like that. I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking about applying for a new apartment like next week or so. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping I'm getting one in a couple of months or so. Yeah, that, that'd that be great. You know, take your time to move as opposed to being rushed. Yes, and it's also kind of a situation where I'm actually moving back to closer to my home, which, mm-hmm. which was a few years ago. Oh, no, maybe 10 or so, not, not quite a few. But, uh, but yeah, I've decided that Maybe, maybe I should be, that maybe I would be happier back there. Okay. That sounds fun. Yeah. It's, it's not that far, only a few miles away, but it's kind of a self-motivated thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes doing that is getting a good change in your life is good, especially if you're doing it for the right reasons. Yes. I, I feel like I am really, but yeah, not that's, that's about that, but. I was thinking about that Thor Ragnarok thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, really a huge fan of Walter Simonson's Thor, mm-hmm. which which I hope that third movie is kind of based around. At I hope least so I too. Had, yes, I had kind of that, that kind of impression from the casting and, and mm-hmm. the characters mm-hmm. that were involved. And I, it, Yeah, it, I, I hope so too. I mean, we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, but, um, but remember how in the first Thor, they had like Kenneth Branagh come in as a director and it was like, Ooh, they're elevating this to another level. I think with Ragnarok, I think they could do some very interesting things uh, with it. Yes. And, and I really hope kind of a different feel from the other mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe films like you know how how Captain America is mostly like a period piece with some kind of sci-fi elements or or right. kind of a kind of a spy thriller and such and right right and Iron Man is is a really funny superhero flick and yeah, yeah. and Ant Man is kind of a heist flick and and so and I'm thinking about that maybe Thor should be like epic fantasy movie like Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. You're right on the money right there. And I hope we, we really get, get that like huge armies of Asgard and maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe the realm of hell. And Oh yeah, that'll, that'll, that would be, that'd be pretty cool. 
Anything else? Uh, not really. I was just, a, I felt like I, I could share a little bit of my, my moving trouble. And, oh, no, and that's fine. By the tour. <laughs> well, what do you think of the, the new DC Comics logo? I kind of like it. It it reminds me of of seventies feel or mm -hmm. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people like it too. I, I've seen some people uh, tweak, make some their some of their own tweaks to it, but I think overall it's not it's not a horrible logo. And I think no, and I think no. once people give it a chance, I think it'll actually be really good. I like the simplistic feel of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's maybe. Maybe not the, my favorite of all time. My favorite is probably the four stars and the and the the eighties one. Yeah, the nineteen from nineteen seventy six. Yeah, which is probably the one one that is everyone's favorite. The, yeah, the four stars and the kind of tick yeah. tick circle around the logo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's not bad, bad at all. Excellent. Um. I was just, you know, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I need to do a little bit more research, but I shared on my own Facebook page um, this little bit uh, from Bloomberg, and they're doing an interview with a graphic artist, and I forget what his name is, um, Milton Glazer. Um, I'm pretty sure in this video they show that he was the creator of that 1976 um, logo. The world of oh, investing oops. is complex. Turn that down. So yeah, that's kind of cool as we find things out about uh, about these logos and the logo changes. It'd be interesting to see what his his take is on the new logo. Yeah, really. I'll be checking that out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Anything else? No, not really. You have a good week, and then all right. And hopefully, I have too. All right. Take care. Yeah, yeah. See you next time. Bye. All right. Great. A phone call from Jarmo. Um, if you have any uh, questions, comments, you can use, of course, the uh, chat room uh, over there on the YouTube channel. Or what I'd love for you to do is give me a call at 785-727-1939. And we can talk about, as uh, Just the Red says, stuff. Yeah. Getting rid of stuff when you move is always a good thing. Uh, I got, uh, in all the times I've moved, it's generally assume that I try to get rid of about half the stuff that I own. And if we ever had to move again, uh, I don't know how I would cope because there's so much stuff in this house to try to get rid of. Just says, why did the stars disappear from the D DC logo? Well, I don't know. That's a creative choice. Uh, obviously, the 76 logo had the four stars in it. That's the first time that it had appeared in the logo. When they switched to the uh, Star Swirl in 2005, they kind of got into a little trouble with that because that was the, uh, the shoe company's logo that was very similar, DC, DC Shoes. And uh, I think they just wanted to be done with that logo in 2012 when they kicked off, um, when they kicked off the New 52. And so maybe that, maybe that had something to do with getting rid of the, getting rid of the, um, the stars in that logo. Um, I think that this new logo that they have, I think if they added a star, I've seen a couple of versions of this where fans have gone in and just added a star at the top and bottom above the DC and below the DC and just turn the whole thing on its, uh, uh, quarter turn. I think that really helps it. But I've also seen this logo on just plain white backgrounds and it looks really good. It kind of has that streamlined flow of the CW. So, uh, we'll see what happens with that.
Let's go over to the phone lines. Hello, who is this? Hi. Uh, I I call myself Guy of the Power. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. Uh, well, I I've, I've been a fan of your critical hit now for a while, and um, great. I I I heard about you doing these live streams, and mm-hmm. well, to be quite honest, I've I've never been on a live stream. Well, congratulations. Long-time listener, first-time caller kind of thing, right? Yes, basically. <laughs> uh, What's on your mind this, uh, this week? Well, dude, uh, I, I wanted to let you and the rest of the, uh, rest of the major spoilers know, you know, you guys are really awesome. Thank and you. Um, I really appreciate what you guys do. I, I work the night shift, and uh, uh, to be quite honest, it, it's what gets me through the night shift. <laughs> Good. Glad to hear that. I, I, a lot of people have reached out and said that, they work in overnight shifts or they work in jobs where it's like stock room, uh, warehouse type stuff. And so they listen to our shows and that really helps them get through the night. So thank you for saying that. That, that means a lot to, to all of us at major spoilers and, and especially to me. Yeah. I, and, uh, to be, to be quite honest, uh, being able to talk to you, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, being able to, you know, talk to some sort of, some, some sort of uh, TV actor, you know, like like that. <laughs> your favorite, your favorite character. I mean, your Orm Rivendell Orm. What yeah. can I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Um, hey, uh, so you were talking about the Supergirl coming to uh, mm-hmm. the CW. Uh, everything. Yeah, I I actually just figured out that you were already casting. I I've been looking on YouTube to try to catch you guys, so I could say hi and stuff okay what are you what are your thoughts uh, about uh, supergirl moving over to the cw um i i figured that cw picking them up would probably end up they would actually be able to do more with the show mm. um to be quite honest i i from what i had seen a lot of the beginning of supergirl was mm-hmm basically redoing everything Superman went through. Yeah, like, there was a there was, was a lot of origin stories and similar character, first-time villain type stuff that she encountered that was very similar to, to Superman, yeah. yes. But uh, I noticed towards the ending, it, it seemed like she started getting her own bit going there mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. towards the end. So maybe when the CW picks up, she'll be able to have her own storyline sort of thing. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Did you watch the entire season? Um, not every episode, but most. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't know if you saw the, the season finale or not. Oh, I saw the season finale. Yeah, that, that was intense. <laughs> what, yeah. what do you think was in the uh, crashed uh, pod that she opened up? Um, well, a couple of me and my family members have debated if it's uh, here herself time traveled mm. somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like maybe it's her from an alternate dimension. Like she had somehow slipped through a time stream, and yeah. it's her little self. Could be. That's a uh, that's a good uh, guess. Um, could also be maybe her mom. Yeah, that would be I interesting, mean, would... right? Because she just killed off her aunt, and yeah. then if her mom came back, that would be interesting too. Yeah, that would be re- that would be an interesting plot twist. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because um, now she'd have two moms to compete with. Yeah, that 
<laughs> All right. Anything else you want to share this week? Um, no, man. I, I just wanted to let you guys know, you know, you were really, you guys have been really awesome. Um, well, thank you. I, I love, I love Matt's characters. Matt, Matt really brings a lot to his characters. Uh, I find it to be really awesome. Um, I wish I had gotten in on the Civil War conversations before. I, I, I liked, I went, saw the movie. It was really mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah, man, uh, really awesome. Um, I, I actually got to catch some sleep for work tonight, but okay. yeah, um, you guys have a have a great uh, conversation. Keep up the great work on Critical Hit. I look forward to this Saturday. All right, thanks so much. Have a great night. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, some people have said uh, Streaky, Streaky the Super Cat might be an interesting thing to throw in there. It would certainly be. I mean, ah, that's not really something I would use for a cliffhanger, but, um, uh, you know, that is certainly something they could do. It'd be interesting if it was a giant reset button so that she could get out of the shadow of Superman. Um, so, yeah, it uh, should be interesting. Um, yeah, so, you know, when you're working overnight, you know, we do so many shows. Somebody was tweeting today saying, oh, they're so far behind on Zach on film and, and other shows that we produce. Man, if you're doing an overnight show, we have, or if you're doing an overnight shift, we have a lot of stuff to keep you occupied. I mean, this week alone, we had Wayne's Comics Podcast where he did an interview. I forget who he interviewed this week. Um, it, was, it was an indie creator, or maybe two of them. I forget which one. Um, then we followed that with... Oh, where'd Wayne's comic? Oh, yeah. Brian Berg and Michael McNaughton is who he interviewed this week. Then Monday night here on the YouTube channel, we had our latest uh, version or latest gameplay of Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters game from Cryptozoic, which things are starting to get a little bit more intense. And and, uh, I can't wait till next week when part three comes out of that. Again, we're probably not going to have the part four on that because the audio, we lost some audio on that and I don't want to use subpar audio on that. Uh, But that was a fun game. So we had Munchkin Land, and then, of course, uh, we, we kind of rebroadcast Geek History Lesson, also comes out on uh, a Tuesday of Major Spoilers podcast. We talk the uh, Teen Titans, the new Teen Titans games uh, trade paperback, as well as a bunch of other things. Uh, a lot of people got a kick out of this week's uh, top five, uh, the top five anime series. So if you like anime or if you want to know what we are into when it comes to anime, we run down our top five anime uh, series. Then Matthew and I reviewed Invincible number 128 on Dooley Review. And then if you're a uh, Flash fan, over on the VIP site, we had the our latest um, thoughts and ideas and predictions and review of the, the latest Flash episode. And then uh, out this morning was Subliminal Sex on Zach on Film, where we talk about some of the big news items that Zach found throughout the week. And then, of course, tomorrow we have Critical Hit, so plenty, sh- plenty of shows out there for you guys to check it out. Um, yeah, you do need to check out our YouTube Munchkin Land offerings. Uh, I really like our Cthulhu Wars one. The Munchkin Land, uh, we did play Munchkin, uh, Steampunk, Steampunk Munchkin on video, as well as the um, Star Wars X-Wing, which apparently we didn't play it right, and somebody just sent us a really scathing email. Oh my gosh, you guys didn't play that right at all, which is fine. I mean, we try to play it as best we can, and we're not saying we're the experts on any particular game. We're just having fun and giving you an experience of what it could be like. 
Uh, but the uh, the Ghostbusters one is really fascinating and fun. And what's what's really crazy about this as I'm editing these together um, is that at Christmas time, we I upgraded a bunch of our cameras to 4K cameras with better resolution and better sensors and all that, even though we still release most of everything at uh, 720 or 1080p. But the old cameras we were using were just kind of some really quick, cheap consumer ones for 200 bucks that I could buy at Walmart. Even though they're HD, they're still not that great. And it's funny to look back at this stuff that we shot back in October and see how grainy and awful that picture looked. And then we see something like this. And I love these cameras. I think these cameras are really great. And I think if you go back and look at some past uh, Finally Fridays, even, you know, back in, uh, oh, I think we switched over on this one maybe back in October. Uh, is when we switched to this. But if you look at October last year and previous, you'll see some of the older cameras that we had. And I just, I, I like this. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do next with uh, Munchkin Land on the video side. We'll still have audio episodes. We've got a couple more uh, Marvel Munchkin games coming up as well as some other audio stuff. Um, um, but for video, I forget. I think we do a legendary game, which is actually relatively short. And then um, this week we will be shooting... We'll be shooting King of New York, and then after that, I think we're doing the um, um, the third Dungeons & Dragons board game set, so you can look forward to that as well. Um, I'm eager for the new movie, the new Thor movie. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a Hulk buddy cop movie, but it is coming in a couple of uh, months, or was it next year? Uh, what do you think of the latest Ghostbusters movie trailer? There's two of them that that came out uh, this week. One is the domestic uh, trailer. We featured both of them up on the site uh, that features Slimer and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. The international trailer uh, appeared today, or at least it appeared last night slash today, which features some other ghosts uh, that are menacing the Ghostbusters and a few more gags and a few more uh, video shots. I kind of like both of these new trailers a lot. And I think that some of the, the humor and the comedy worked a little bit better. And so, um, yeah, I'm giving them both a, a thumbs up for the two new trailers and I can't wait to see Ghostbusters when it arrives in theaters. So it's uh, when is that July, something like that. So just a short time from now. Uh, Jess the Red says, I have had to re-listen to so many podcasts this week because I pass out from the exhaustion. I see. Um, cool. Well, there's plenty of stuff out there, and it's not always just major spoiler stuff. So if you're not into the movie talk, you don't have to listen to Zach on film. Uh, it would be great if everyone just downloaded our stuff, even if you didn't want to listen to it. Um, but, um, but yeah, you don't have to listen to all of our stuff, and you can pick and choose what you like and what you don't like. Hello, Lion uh, has just arrived. Uh, Jess says, I love the new Ghostbusters trailers. It's way better than first. Looking forward to it. If you, uh, if you want to give us a call and share your thoughts on the new Ghostbusters trailer, 785-727-1939. If you want to talk about Jeff Johns becoming kind of the co-head of uh, DC Films and he won't be writing comic books anymore, you can give me a call about that. We can talk about Kevin Smith's Buckaroo Banzai uh, TV series, which I'm super psyched about. Uh, and, or if you want to just talk about the new DC Comics logo or really anything that's on your mind, pop culture related, uh, just give me a call, 785-727-1939. Oh, just came in for River, from Riverdale. So let's talk about Riverdale really quick. Here's what I know about uh, Riverdale. Uh, it will be the mid-season show, so it's not going to arrive until January. But here's what the CW sent to us 
it was actually a horrible email, just full of misspellings and not using proper apostrophes here and there. Uh, but as the new school year begins, the town of Riverdale is reeling from the recent tragic death of high school golden boy Jason Blossom. And nothing feels the same. Archie Andrews is still the All-American team, but the summer's events made him realize that he wants to pursue a career in music, not follow his dad's footsteps despite the sudden end of his forbidden relationship with Riverdale's young music teacher, Miss Grundy. Which means Archie doesn't have anyone who will mentor him. Certainly not singer Josie McCoy, who's only focused on her band, the soon-to-be world-famous Pussycats. It's all weighing heavy, heavily on Archie's mind, as his fractured friendship with budding writer and fellow classmate Jughead Jones. Meanwhile, girl-next-door Betty Cooper is anxious to see her crush Archie after being away all summer, but she's not quite ready to reveal her true feelings to him. And Betty's nerves, which are hardly soothed by her overbearing mother, Alice, aren't the only thing holding her back. With a new student, Veronica Lodge, or sorry, when a new student, Veronica Lodge, arrives in town from New York with her mother, Hermione, there's an undeniable spark between her and Archie, even though Veronica doesn't want to risk her new friendship with Betty by making a play for Archie. And then there's Cheryl Blossom, Riverdale's Queen Bee, who's happy to stir up trouble uh, amongst Archie, Betty, and Veronica, but Cheryl is keeping secrets of her own. What exactly is she hiding about the mysterious death of her twin brother, Jason? River, Riverdale may look like a quiet, sleepy town, but there are dangers in the shadows. Obviously, it's based on the uh, Archie Comics characters set to uh, debut on uh, in January. It's coming from Warner Brothers Television and CBS Television, so they're both sharing the cost on this. And, of course, Berlanti Productions, who are doing Supergirl, DC's uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, Arrow, all that stuff will uh, be executive, uh, will be doing that. Executive produced by Robert Aguirre Sacasa, who is also a writer on the show. He's also written for Supergirl and Glee and Flash. Greg Berlanti is the executive producer. Sarah Schechter is a producer. And John Goldwater of Archie Comics are also executive producers on the show. This is literal. this is an official logo that the CW sent out. So, um, uh, two of the actors or one of the actresses on the show came out and said that it has a very Twin Peaks feel to it, even though it's not kind of mysterious and scary. But I don't know. This is quite a bit different than from what we've been seeing lately with Archie. And certainly it's not the 50s and uh, 50s on up Archie that we read in the comic books at the grocery store. It doesn't feel like anything uh, having to do with Mark Wade's run on Archie. And uh, but I'm still kind of hopeful about this. And I, and I hope people give this the TV series a chance. Um, Roberto Oguire Sacasa, if I'm pronouncing his name right, which I probably am not, he is the writer behind Afterlife with Archie, which is the zombie um, uh, Archie story that's really, really good. And so because of that, and because he was promoted to chief creative officer at Archie because of that, as well as the ch chilling adventures of Sabrina, I've got, a, I've got a little bit of hope for Riverdale, and I don't know what you guys think. Um, yes, notice that Yes, it does make it sound like Ms. Grundy is going to be 30 years younger and much prettier. That's the CW show, right? Uh, that is a giant plot. Yes, I agree. Uh, Betty's not, mom was never an overbearer. Um, notice that nowhere in this did I, when I read this, did it say anything about Mr. Lodge. Currently in Archie Comics, if you've been reading uh, that series, um, uh, Veronica's dad, Mr. Lodge, they've moved to the small town from the big city. So Mr. Lodge can run for mayor, become mayor of a small city, and then become a representative or governor. He basically wants to take over the state from political power, but he's not mentioned at all in this. 
So it'll be interesting to see if we get a, a Mr. Lodge in, in this series. Um, yeah, give it a chance, I think, is going to be the thing that I'm going to suggest to a lot of people. But again, if you want to call in 785-727-1939, or you can look me up on Skype, it is Stephen underscore. You got to use the underscore Schleicher, S-C-H-L-E-I-C-H-E-R, and uh, Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, and would love to talk with you about whatever's going on in your life. Well, maybe not everything that's going on in your life. Maybe I don't want to know that much, but there you go. You popped in. You wanted to know about Riverdale. There's what we know about Riverdale. Um, if you want to know all the actors and actresses, you can go over to IMDb. They've got them all listed there. Um, uh, they're definitely young. They're definitely pretty, uh, kids. That's what I'll say about that. Uh, I take regular Archie as a bit different than afterlife with Archie was, which, which was the first Archie comic I've ever read. Uh, yeah. Um, well, it depends on what you mean by regular Archie. Um, to me, regular Archie is the you know, sugar, sugar band, uh, stuff, you know, the cheesy gags and gimmicks, the all ages kind of stuff. The Mark Wade run on Archie feels very much like, I guess Dawson's Creek. It does feel like a CW show in the way that you read it in that Archie has all these questions and concerns and he doesn't want to share his feelings with Betty. And at the beginning of the Archie series, he and Betty have broken up over something called the lipstick incident. Now Veronica Lodge is in town and Archie's head over heels with her and she's in love with him. And uh, people are trying to move on with their life. And Jughead is trying to juggle his hate for Veronica and his and his, uh, you know, friendship love, his buddy love for Archie. And so it's a really good series, but it's, it feels very melodramatic and has that CW feel to it. That sounds nothing like anything I've just read from the CW website. And Afterlife with Archie is pure horror in that a zombie apocalypse breaks out. And it's all Reggie's fault. Everything's Reggie's fault. Reggie's awful. Um, and so a zombie apocalypse breaks out and everyone slowly, the Archie gang is being killed off and turned into zombies and everyone's fleeing. And it's very scary. Uh, it's very intense is what it is. Uh, issue nine comes out next week from Archie Comics. It's been on a hiatus, it seems like, forever. I think almost a year it's been on hiatus. Uh, the last time we saw them, oh, maybe October last year? Maybe before that? Because the next um, issue was supposed to be something having to do with Betty and wintertime. I forget what that was. Christmas time with Betty or something. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that issue picks up after next week. The first eight issues I know are available on Comixology. It's worth picking up if you like zombie horror and if you want to see your favorite uh, Archie heroes get decimated. Yeah, Archie Comics is good for six-year-olds. Yeah, it's it's very safe. It's very... It's very saccharine. It's... Um, really, to be honest, up until... Oh, I don't know when they made their big... Switch. I know it wasn't when John Goldwater became the overall head of everything, but Archie Comics for a long time was that thing you saw on the stand at the checkout counter at, at your grocery store. And yeah, it was funny and cute and stuff, but it wasn't something that would, in my mind, keep my attention beyond, you know, age 10. And that's when I would be checked out of that, sh at that series. But then at some point, they decided to start diversifying their characters. And so they brought in a lot more ethnicities into Riverdale. Uh, they brought in people who had um, disabilities uh, into, the, into the series so that they could talk about those kinds of issues. 
Uh, then they brought in Kevin Keller, which was a big turning point for Archie, the first openly gay character in Archie comics, and that changed a whole lot of things. And then uh, based on that, they spun that into um, Life with Archie. Basically, Archie was walking down a road and he had two different paths he could uh, go down. One was what would happen if he ended up with Betty. Another one was what would happen if he stayed with Veronica. And that went on, I want to say, for a year or so. And then that kind of ended with Archie's death. And then uh, then they've kind of rebooted and and they have this Archie in, uh, series, uh, which is really good by Mark Wade and Veronica Fish. Uh, they've got Jughead, which is uh, Chip Zdarsky, although there's a new writer coming on board next month, I want to say, or yeah, next issue. And that has been fantastic. And then we've got Adam Hughes doing a Betty and Veronica series uh, starting in June, July, something like that. It's 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 coming up around the corner. And so they really are adjusting themselves. And Archie is moving and saying, hey, we are something to reconsider again. And they are telling really good stories and they're bringing in really good uh, characters. Uh, but if you still want the old parent art or parent parent art, uh, that's still there. Uh, they do still ship the the Jughead Digest and the Betty and Veronica Digest and the Archie Digest stuff. That one supposedly, if I remember what uh, they were telling me, has one new story in it in each issue. And then the rest is all stuff that they've pulled from the last 50, 60. Well, what has it been? 80 years of Archie comics. So you can go check out some of that stuff if you want to see the old uh, the old Archie. Um. Donald Duck is is that one for us. Yeah, Donald Duck is is pretty pretty tame too and I really like that IDW publishing uh has been working with uh, Disney to bring the international Mickey Mouse comics to the US, the ones that were in uh France and Italy and all throughout Europe for the last couple of years. Uh those are all being reprinted at uh, IDW and it's giving US fans a chance to read these that haven't read these stories or haven't even seen these stories since they were published in the nineties. So that's really good as well. Um, let's see. I haven't read, I'm guessing DD means Donald duck and not daredevil, but I saw it the other day at the LCS. Yeah. What, what you're looking at are those older reprinted stories from European comics in the nineties. And that's interesting too, because when, um, Disney shut down, was it Gemstone books? I think was, was their publisher. A lot of that stuff went away. And then about, Eight years ago, Boom Studios had a run on that and was doing all of the Disney stuff, all the new stuff, all the tie-in stuff. They had a Darkwing Duck series, which was pretty good. And then they had the, the movie tie-in and the TV tie-in stuff. And then uh, Marvel took over. And when the contract with Boom ended, now Marvel has all the Disney comic stuff, the new stuff. So that's why we're seeing um, Haunted House and Big Thunder Mountain and I forget what the other one is. Haunted Mansion, Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, the Figment stuff is all coming out from Marvel now. Uh, but then IDW got this deal to reprint the the stuff from overseas. So there's plenty of Disney stuff out there. And some of it's really good. The Uncle Scrooge comics, I still think, are some of the best uh, comics out there in that, in that Disney vein. Uh, let's see. Uh, Matthew said, I also read Batman and Robin Volume 1. Damien is not compelling. I totally agree with you that Damien is not compelling. And... I made that statement in um, this week during our discussion about the new Teen Titans when Matthew was talking about a character that was in the new Teen Titans that everybody really, really hated. And Marv Wolfman talks about it in the foreword of the book where he basically is saying, you know, I know everyone hated this character, but I just thought if I continued to push him out there, 
that everyone would soon fall in love with character with this character and find some redeeming value in him. I think they've tried to do the same thing with Damian Wayne, and I'm sorry, except for the moment when he died before he got cloned and made Batman crazy and all that stuff. I I hate the character. I'm sorry. I love Robin as a character and as a concept, but man, Damian Wayne is the worst, and I wish they'd get rid of him. Uh, to me, it's 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 always Tim Drake is is the best Robin, um, better than Jason, better than than Dick. Um, yeah, so there you go. Just the red says, never mind. Yeah, I mean, pick up Donald Duck. Donald Duck is fun stuff. And if you get Uncle Scrooge, Jess, if you're looking for something for your nieces and nephews, uh, definitely pick up, uh, pick up the Uncle Scrooge stuff. And yes, uh, Don Rosa is a master of, of the Disney Ducks. And that stuff is always good. And if I'm not mistaken, let me do a real quick check here. Planet Comic Con is going on this weekend in Kansas City. Kicked off today. And who the heck, they have their Disney duck guy is always there. Neil Adams will be there this time. Howard Chaikin is going to be there. Uh, Bill Ahmed. A lot of people this year are going out there to... um, to the Planet Comic Con. So if you're in the Kansas City area, I would suggest going out there. The show keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, Don Rosa is going to be there at the show. And he is super cool. If you ever get to go to a uh, a convention where he is at, this guy is super cool because if there's a kid, I believe he still does uh, sketches for free for kids. And he and while he's sketching, he sits there and talks to the kids about what they like and what they think about Donald Duck and and uh, the Disney characters that he works on. Super great guy. And I had a chance to just uh, I've shook his hand a couple of times at the shows. And um, but I just like to see him sketching and talking with the kids because he truly seems to enjoy everything about about that experience. So uh, Planet Comic Con going on this weekend up in uh, Kansas City. I believe it is taking place at uh, Bartle Hall again. And it's a great part of downtown. Jason Mewes will be there. Jeremy Bullock has been there in the past. Uh, Boba Fett. Um, Adam, Adam Alan Tudyk canceled. Oh, Peter Mayhew will be back again. Oh, that'll be great. He'll. Uh, I met both him and Jeremy Bullock the first time that they came to uh, Kansas City Comic Con. Gosh, was that... That was... Probably back in 2006, I, th- I want to say, when they were there. And uh, it was really cool because at the time my wife had a uh, T-shirt that said Chewbacca is my co-pilot. And so we had a really great photo with uh, Peter Mayhew and my wife with her wearing that shirt. And both Mayhew and his wife were like, oh, that's a fantastic shirt. Where did you get it? I want one of those. And uh, it was really cool. So, yeah, a lot of things happening at the uh, Comic-Con this time. And it looks like, oh, Haley Atwell and Stan Lee are going to be there, too. So there you go. As is George Takai, George Takei. Uh, Daniel Panabaker from The Flash. Ah, good times, good times, good times. Yes, I know, Jess. It's probably too far away, but it is. It's kind of a. It's kind of weird. Oh yeah, I forgot Kevin Smith was also going to be there. Dang it! I was debating whether to go this year or not, and I opted not to, because last year my son really wanted to go, and this year he was like, meh. So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to go crazy and get up and and do things. Uh, drive halfway. Across the state to go to that convention. I actually was a presenter at uh, Planet Comic Con a couple of years ago to talk about Star Wars in education and how you could use Star Wars to discuss all sorts of different topics. Um, that was a lot of fun. So there you go. 
Uh, can't call in, says, uh, says Matthew Goines. A great NATO on Twitter says, can't call in, but give your thoughts on the Falcon from Civil War, and do you think we'll get to see Superman on the CW? No, we will never get to see Superman on the CW. Um, the reason why we, the same reason why we didn't see Superman on CBS, because that is a movie character. That is a big character that you will not be able to see on, on the small screen because then they have to bring in a whole new actor to play Superman. And there's right now only one actor who is Superman. And, um, and so that's why we'll never see Superman except for his backside or his shadow or his cape or in a text message to, to Kara, uh, via social medias. So yeah, that's, that's the sad thing. Uh, my thoughts on the Falcon from the Civil War. Um, I thought it was fine. I mean, I, I like the actor. Uh, I thought the Falcon character is really good. Uh, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the movie overall. I mean, I have some overall problems with it, but uh, I thought Falcon was strong and I thought it was really good. Um, and I, I'm glad that he stuck by his his buddy Cap and and decided to go the direction that it, that he went uh, in that. So, yeah, I. Uh, Matthew says, I think Stan Lee is a clone. That man goes everywhere. I agree with you, but there was an announcement that came out from, I don't know, it wasn't from the Generalissimo himself on Twitter, but there was a post that said an upcoming convention would be Stan Lee's last appearance. Oh, it's the, I think it's the New York Comic Con. Uh, I think they said the New York Comic Con was going to be his last convention appearance at the New York Comic Con. Now, he may still appear at other conventions, but, man, that guy's getting old, really, really old. And uh, it's going to be a time where he's uh, he's not going to be with us, and that'll be sad. But if you get a chance to see Stan Lee, he's got a lot of energy, more energy than I ever remember. I remember running him into him. This was right around the same time that they were launching POW Entertainment, Stan Lee's POW, which subsequently went into all sorts of different turmoil and conflict and lawsuits and everything. But I remember seeing him at, um, it wasn't NAB, but I think it was uh, CES, the consumer electronic show. And he was just going on about how great pow was and his problems with, with Marvel. Of course, this was years and years. This was probably, Oh, a good eight years before Iron Man ever came about, maybe even 10 years before Iron Man came out. And it was just cool. All these people were crowded around him and he was spry and, and, uh, talking nonstop and energetic. So it's good to still see him as energized as he is. And I hope this week at planet comic-con, he brings all that energy and gets everyone excited. Uh, Jarmo says that sounds like a really cool convention. Uh, uh, Planet Comic Con is a very interesting convention because it's one that I've seen grow over the last 16 years. When I first moved to Kansas and I met my wife and she knew I was into comics and we would take trips out of town on the weekends, we would go to different conventions up in the Kansas City area and we found Planet Comic Con. That was literally, I think, in the first two years that they were having and they may have been holding it for several years, but it was literally in a gym at a community center where you would come into the community center, you had to go down these stairs onto the gym floor, and that's where they had um, you know, your artist alley and vendors selling stuff, and they may have had a few local creators here and there. And then um, that went on, I think, for two or three years that we went to that, and then they moved over to the Overland Park uh, Convention Center, which is a um, much bigger space, and that's the year that we met Peter Mayhew and um, uh, Boba Fett, um, I forget his name, sorry. And that's was that was much bigger. And we got to meet Marv Wolfman, and we got to meet Adam Hughes, and we got to meet um, who else did we meet? Um, uh, Bill Willingham. I got to meet for the first time there, which was really cool. Uh, just it's a really nice uh, space, and they ran that for a couple of years. But the problem with that they ran into very quickly 
is that they would bring in these big guests and it would be super packed and super crazy. And that was really hard to move around. The, the floor space was, was shifted around and, and it was hard to navigate people through. They were also starting to gear up programming at that time. So some of the rooms, they only had a few rooms and so they couldn't expand programming. And then suddenly they went from the Overland Park Convention Center and the very next year they went to Bartle Hall and bam, they have just taken off ever since then. And they've become a major uh, convention here in uh, in the Midwest. So it's it's a fun show to go to. I think that you get a lot more personal time with creators than what you would at other locations. Um, and it's really nice. Now, the only thing that's kind of a drawback is it does tend to lean a little bit too heavy on uh, media guests, uh, people who are in television and film, as I mentioned some of their names a minute ago. But the nice thing is they keep that on one half of the uh, convention floor of the of the floor space. And so the long lines can stand there. The last time I went was, was it Star Trek? Yeah, they had like all of the cast of Star Trek, the next generation there. And so the long lines were really long. They also had, um, and it's like, I guess it's been a couple of years since I went. But uh, then the other side of the floor, they have, um, you know, all the artist alley, all the vendors, all the things. That's really cool. And then they have an area for gaming that's neat. And then they have, I don't know, like four or five different um, places where they can start doing programming events, where they have panel discussions and stuff. So it's, it's nice to see that that convention has grown and is able to attract the guests that it, that it is able to attract. Um, let's see. Yeah, it is, it's always nice, as, as Jarmo says. It's always nice when something grows up organically from humble beginnings. And, and they're a really good... Uh, really good group. So, all right, everybody. Well, I think that that wraps it up uh, for this week. Uh, I didn't get any more phone calls, but certainly you can always get me on a, on a jag talking about a lot of different things. And certainly Planet Comic Con is one that I, I do enjoy talking about. I, now I'm kind of sad that I'm not going this year. Gosh. Oh, well. Uh, I hope that you have a wonderful week, wherever that you're from, uh, wherever you are in the world. I hope you have picked up some great comic books this week. I hope you go see some fun movies this weekend. I'm going to go see Nice Guys. Zach's going to go see Nice Guys. We'll talk about uh, Nice Guys next week on uh, Zach on Film. If you haven't, listen to this week's Zach on Film because Zach asks a very important question. Uh, or maybe I asked the question. I forget. But it's, it's about how we program Zach on Film. So do listen to that and do respond. I can't wait to see your responses on that. Uh, watch some cool TV. Go watch some anime. Go go enjoy popular culture. Go out and play some games. Meet some people and have a great week until we meet again when it's finally Friday. As we leave, of course, here are all the really cool VIPs that make this show happen. If you would like to support this show and everything that we do at Majorspoilers.com, please become a Major Spoilers VIP at members.majorspoilers.com. A couple of bucks a month is all it takes. If you find value in what we do, please consider contributing and uh, helping us continue. Take care, everyone. See you next week.